Welcome to the Main Street Murphy Podcast, a guide to all things Disney and Disney parks by two very self-aware grown adult men that were brainwashed to love Disney since birth. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Main Street Murphy's Podcast. Once again, I am joined by my brother, Andrew. Hello, everyone in podcast land. We are currently sitting on a balcony at Saratoga Springs at uh, about almost 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time in in Disney World. This is our first ever in-person live podcast. Usually we were in our own homes working through technical difficulties, working through sound issues, but we're actually in person hovering over one microphone on a balcony in about 85 degree weather in bright sunny Florida. Well, it's not sunny right now, it's, it's dark out. But we're looking at a nice uh, pond they have here that is covered in moss surrounded by ancient looking swampy trees. So it's uh, definitely putting you in a Florida mood <laughs> looking out into the distance. Yep, we just got back from the pool. Um, you spent today, early today at Hollywood Studios for a little bit. It has been incredibly hot here. It's been over 95 each day. It has not rained since I've been here, which is kind of crazy because it's Florida, but that changes tomorrow. Tomorrow uh, we are getting going to be in, not in the line of the, the tropical storm, but we're going to be on the very outskirts of the tropical storm, so we're going to be pretty much getting rain all day, which we have Animal Kingdom planned tomorrow, which there's not a lot of cover there, so we're, we're definitely looking at a maybe a damp day. Most definitely, probably, probably the worst place you want to be during <laughs> any kind of rainstorm, because there's really nowhere to hide. The stores are very outdoor heavy and i don't even know if the stores will be open oh that's true because of coronavirus so we're not even sure if uh we might be looking like uh damp soaked rats walking (laughs) around yeah and actually a couple years ago uh me and my our older brother my wife my son and my and our two parents uh were down here uh during a hurricane in October and that was one of the only at that point one of the only third times that they closed down the parks for any reason and it was pretty crazy it was raining really really hard but I have to say being at Disney World at any of these resorts is probably the safest place to be during anything like a hurricane because they take really good care of you and they have ridiculously good drainage systems around here. So, and now hurricanes look like child child's play because obviously the parks were closed for you know three and a half four months because of coronavirus. But now we're back open and we're back down here, uh, which is which is pretty cool. I mean, it's we've been here since Wednesday. We're recording this Saturday night uh, after putting the kids to sleep. Just got done with the pool. Um, it's just been we've been taking it a lot slower just because of the heat and the masks and everything like that but it's definitely good to be back down here and experiencing everything that disney has to offer it's definitely a different kind of vacation but it's still i definitely think worth it i mean it's been it's been fun so far 
but we're definitely going to have a regular show here, but obviously we're going to be able to talk a little bit about what we've been experiencing at Disney here and how, how everything's been. Um, and if you want to see some of like the content live, um, obviously you can go see our Facebook page. Andrew's done a good job of posting a lot of cool things. I, I saw one of the posts he made was the cast members smiling when we were leaving um, and uh, a couple of good co- posts about the castle and different things like that. So definitely follow us on Facebook to get live updates because we're definitely posting there every day while we're having fun. Um, but obviously we're trying to get a podcast out here for you guys while we're here together at Disney. And then hopefully we'll be able to record one more uh, before we leave. But in advance, if you hear any noises, any people talking in the background, we are legitimately outside our hotel room on the deck just watching the water. It's very peaceful, but uh, we're going to have a normal show, so we're going to get into some Disney news. Then we'll have one segment, specifically kind of what we were uh, expecting in our heads for Disney and and has everything lived up to expectations. And then we'll go into our draft, which is hotly contested every week, which we're going to do Disney snacks this week, so um, that one will get heated. So... First of all, we're going to go through Disney news. The first Disney news story we saw, which we've experienced firsthand, was right before we came down here, they changed the mask rule a little bit. Um, It seems like people were taking advantage of the mask rule a little bit about having like a water bottle with them or a drink or maybe even food from the Food and Wine Festival. And they were just walking around with their mask off eating or, or had a bottle of water ready to drink with their mask off so they didn't have to wear their mask walking around. And they definitely put a halt to that. Now you have to be completely stationary when you're eating um, or drinking and you can't be walking around without a mask or they'll very politely ask you to pull it up or put it on. And we've seen that multiple times since we've been here. And uh, the mask rule is, they, they take very seriously. And one of the posts I posted was one of the cast members was wearing their mask and understandably Disney is all about you know forming a happy experience and everyone's supposed to always be happy and smiling well it's kind of tough to read someone's emotion and kind of get that feeling when everyone's wearing a mask so the one cast member I saw took a cut out of Goofy's smile and as everyone was leaving she had it up in front of her face and waving at people and talking and dancing around and it just kind of it made me feel a lot better because it it was a little bit of a taste of the way that I remember Disney before any of this stuff ended up happening and people had to put have masks on all the time and it's also very very hard to hear people and understand what they're saying especially going through security so you have like a they're asking you if you have like metal water bottles or umbrellas or anything in your bag and then you say no and they ask you twice what you said and then you go through the metal detector with your bag and something goes off in your bag and they start questioning you about what's in your bag (laughs) and you don't understand what they're saying or what they're asking you and all of a sudden you're just saying yes to everything they're saying because you don't know what they're saying and you can't 
read their lips to like verify that that is what they're saying so it just causes a lot of confusion on top of them being very hot oh yeah when it's already hot outside yeah i've got a giant beard so i mean it's my face is hot to begin with i have something on top of my beard that makes it even hotter so and i have a shorter worse beard and it's still very hot so it, it the ma- the mask rule is actually followed fairly well from what i've seen the cast members do politely you know ask people to bring, you know pull them up or put them on and it's not too aggressive it's not too rude it's and usually people just like say like oh my god i i forgot to put it on or you know pull it up a little bit more cuz it slid down their face cuz they were saying something so it, it it seems to be working out pretty well the one place that i see people having somewhat of a bit of a harder time is actually at epcot because of the the food and wine festival going on people are used to walking around and eating at the same time or drinking a beer or drinking wine as they're walking around the World Showcase, and right now that is not allowed. So you see a lot of people all of a sudden, like, kind of just jetting off to the side to take a drink of their beer or wine, or not even moving away from the stand that they just bought their food from. They've also put out a lot more tables, so it's a little bit more convenient to stop and enjoy yourself. But I could see people forgetting. And, you know, they, they start to walk, and all of a sudden they start pulling down their, their mask to take a sip of wine or any kind of, you know, fruity drink that they have or a freezy or pomegranate, whatever they sell. And it just kind of dawns on them real quick that they can't do that. And all of a sudden they go over to the side and stop, compose themselves, and make sure they're distancing themselves away from everyone and then taking a drink. Yeah, I mean, I... I got here late on Wednesday, and Andrew flew in first thing in the morning, so I haven't been in Epcot, so I can't really speak on that, but honestly, everywhere else, people are following the mask rule. I mean, there's really no way you can't. Um, there's cast members everywhere um, reminding you. I know one time we were in uh, Toy Story Land, and we got up. We were sitting down for a, for a while by Woody's Lunchbox, which is not open, but the tables are open. And we were drinking and stuff like that, so we had our masks off. And my mom accidentally was walking and completely forgot to put on her mask, like just kind of like a brain fart situation. And a cast member like tracked her down, like was like running after her, saying, "Man, man, man, you got to put on a mask." She just like completely forgot. It wasn't like she was trying to game the system or anything. So they're very, very good about reminding people to wear the mask. I think people have been surprisingly really good with the mask situation. I mean. I honestly I understand that you you can't really go anywhere without the mask in Disney, but I haven't seen anyone really complain about it. I haven't seen anyone like throw a fit about it. I've seen people really follow directions, which is kind of crazy to see at Disney because a lot of people, you, you know, you get the the sense of you know some of these like freedom lovers. I'm not trying to get political or anything, but they're like, oh, you know, my choice you're taking away my liberties about wearing a mask you don't really see that at disney which is which is pretty refreshing um but i do want to say if you are coming down here within the next month two months practice 
walking around your neighborhood, walking at least two miles, three miles with a mask on because it is, it's tough. I mean, it's not like, I'm, I'm not saying like you're going to suffocate or anything like that or you're out of breath. It just takes a while to get used to. I remember the first day we went to, first full day we went to Hollywood Studios and walking, and they're not running the trams there, so walking from the parking lot all the way to the front gate, and it's the first time I was really wearing a mask regularly outside of the airport um, in in this heat, and it was pretty alarming how much the the warm air from the mask was like making me sweat even more. So, just going through that personally, I would definitely take a couple laps around your block with the mask on just to prepare yourself because it is I wouldn't say it's shocking but it's it's definitely something to get used to but once you get used to it you don't really notice it it just the only thing it does is it just makes you sweat more it just makes you more warm it doesn't like take away your breath it doesn't do anything that you're not used to like if if I you know I'm a, I'm a chubby chubby 27 year old with a, a beard that's very sore walking around this park if I could walk six miles a day with a mask on and chasing around two two-year-olds, like literally anyone can. So I, I definitely wouldn't have that deter you from coming down here because of the mask rule, but it's just something you have to be prepared for. Um, but other than that, I mean, like I said, I think people are following it pretty well. I think the social distancing is definitely more of the problem than the mask problem there's certain parts of the park that people are just not socially distancing which is it it's tough to do in certain parts of the park like some like for example like when you get off of buzz lightyear's um rain buzz lightyear rangers ranger spin ranger spin when you get off that there's like no room for anyone to go there's like a very small room and everyone's getting off at the same time everyone's everyone's trying to see their picture i mean so there's a million people like in one little spot or like when the I noticed at Magic Kingdom when the cavalcade came down and it was like one of the last ones of the day there was legit 40 people on a corner just like huddled together so like there's certain areas where they definitely can get better and I think people can uh the cast members could maybe even do a better job letting people know to socially distance but in other parts people are doing perfectly fine like for example, when you're walking through Toy Story Land, you would think that like would be like kind of tight just because the crowds you imagine on a regular day, but the crowds are so insignificant that it's so easy to socially distance through those parts of the park because there's not a lot of people. Um, I don't know anything else. I've either. also noticed that the social distancing in lines going on to the rides has actually been pretty good. Generally yeah. pretty good. They have the floor markings and all this other stuff. People are pretty pretty well aware of where to stand, where to stop, where to go, where not to go. And if you guys hear that, those are the sprinklers turning on. <laughs> I, think, I think those are going to get a little quieter. I think they just start out kind of very loud. So this is this is a real deal. Now you know for sure. We're not. Yeah, we're not joking. We're legitimately outside. The sprinklers just are not. Which I don't know why they're turning on the sprinklers because it's about to start pouring at two a.m. and it's supposed to pour until ten p.m. tomorrow night. But 
anyways, the like I was saying, the the lines going onto the rides have been pretty pretty well spaced with the lines, and people are paying pretty 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 good attention. Definitely. The one place that it got a little hairy ish is we went on Mickey Mouse Runaway Railway, Railway. yeah, and. That's, a, that's kind of a difficult uh, line to social distance because of the way that it is. It's still using the pretty much the complete old great movie, great ride. movie ride queue. Yeah. So a lot of it's outside, and then when you go inside, it's a lot easier, but they have it snaking all over the place to try and give enough room and... People are getting hot and not paying attention. All of a sudden, you're, you know, walking right past the line, and it, it just gets really confusing. I think because that is one of the more newer rides, and it, and it's it, a long, long line. It's a long, long line, and people are really excited to get on, and, and it's socially distant too. They have the markings all the way outside, and it's wrapping, wrapping, wrapping all outside because the line is so long because everyone wants to ride it first thing in the morning like we did and it was only like a 30 to maybe 35 45 minute ride, uh, wait but it was wrapped around like four times outside because it's so socially distant that like you have to have somewhere to put these people we have a fan uh our our family is 11 11 people went on the ride today and we had pretty much two complete cars just yeah. to our family alone. Right. We filled up two car cars out of three of them mm-hmm. to just our immediate family. That's how much distance and space you have on all of these rides. Especially that one being so popular. You would think that they would like try and like, you know, bend the rules a little bit to try and get as many people through it as much, but no. You tell them how much how many people you have in your party and you pretty much have like a family per car. And they've done, I think they've done a good job of that on every ride, where we have a bigger group, which is, I think, awesome. If you're coming down here and you have a bigger group, that's, I think that's the way to go, because you basically get your own car or own ride system or row, whatever, every ride you go on when you have a big, big group. Even if you have, like, over five or six people, it's hard to socially distance with other people if you already have a group of five or six. So you get your home car. Like we went on Tower of Terror today and we only well, we only had four people go on because kids were taking naps, people stayed back. But it was only us four and then a other family of four for that whole elevator. And the whole elevator, there's three rows of eight. So it can really, let's do this math, it can hold 24 people but they only put eight people on there. So that's how much socially distance it was. So, I mean, I think the socially distance, it's hit or miss. I think it's more hit than miss. And then the mask, well, I think they've done an excellent job enforcing that. I don't see anyone without a mask. Um, and if they're not wearing a mask, they're eating or drinking at a table, socially distanced from other people. So I've felt completely safe that way. And also everything is being cleaned from a from top to bottom. Right. You could sit at a table and someone gets up from, you know, a ta- not, not the table right next to you, but the table over, and as soon as they get up, 
there is a Disney employee wiping down that table with disinfectant. Mm -hmm. There is no chance for anyone to sit down before that table is disinfected and wiped down and cleaned, which is very reassuring because right. it shows that they care and they're really paying attention to details. Yeah, so if you're worried about safety and COVID and everything before coming to Disney World, honestly, like, and this is what I thought it was going to be before we came down here, but I feel more safe here than even going out back home, going to a restaurant back home in Chicago, or going even to a supermarket back home in Chicago. Even though Chicago does a great job, I think, and I think we've done a great job flattening the curve and everything like that, but Disney World don't treat Florida and Disney World the same way because Florida has done kind of a crappy job getting all this stuff together. But Disney World has, I've never felt safer during this whole thing um, because of all the precautions they're taking. But the other news that we wanted to talk about, which is kind of crazy, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's a couple things that we've experienced pretty much our whole lives going... I mean, some of some of it, the whole lives, they've changed and everything like that. But we wanted to talk about the announcement of the three things that are closing for good at Disney World. And that's the Primeval World at Animal Kingdom, um, the Rivers of Light show at Animal Kingdom, and also Stitch's Great Escape, right? Yes. Stitch's yes. Great Escape, which that was basically already seasonal, so they're doing away with that. Um and I think uh, Primeval World was also seasonal for a little while. Right. I mean, we're not too torn up about it, to be honest. No. I mean, none of these are very essential enjoyment rides for us. I mean, Stitch's Great Escape, I think it was a good idea. I, obviously, we were more fans of Alien Encounter and what it was there. And I thought it was a good idea to put Stitch there. I think it fits there. I just don't think they they executed the ride well because they just did the same thing and just did a funny cartoon over they used the same everything gags. i yeah. mean it was almost exactly the same ride except you weren't the only difference was you weren't fearing that someone's trying to eat you yeah and then they sprayed chili dog smell in your face and you smell like that for the rest of the day which was disgusting yeah. <laughs> uh, it was legit gross like you if you go on such a great escape you smell like chili dog for legit 30 minutes after and you just want to throw up but that you know we're not going to miss uh, Rivers of Light they yeah. revamped it a couple times it was changed okay. it it was okay I thought it was trash I think he's being nice about saying it was okay it's very difficult to do a nighttime show at Disney without fireworks and keep people engaged and keep people engaged and everything like that and they can't do fireworks because the animals and everything like that but they could have done such a better job with the show. First of all, they do all these, like, it's all this nature and everything like that. But then they have, like, random, like, Lion King moments in it. it the, the show made no sense at all. And I don't think it was up to any Disney standard. So I think the, the show itself, first of all, Disney is known for storytelling. That's, like, the number one thing they're known for. Animation, storytelling, telling a story of about anything to captivate audiences. That's why their nighttime shows are so good, like Fantasmic, so good. The Star Wars uh, fireworks are even so good. The one... Uh, Wishes. Wishes used to be 
amazing. And then Happily Ever After, I mean, that's, they just, they paint the story. And you can't forget about Illuminations. And Illuminations was incredible. Um, oh, there's people walking down here. Let's see if they hear us talking. Oh, they're going to look at us. Um, but, but Illuminations it, was another one that didn't actually have really anything to do with anything actual Disney. No. And that was proof that Disney could actually pull off something that was not driven by intellectual property and throwing a bunch of characters into it to make it relatable for everyone. We sound like Anthony right now, but <laughs> I completely agree that the intellectual property, if you're going to do a Rivers of Light show, keep it keep it the Rivers of Light and keep it like, oh, it's like nature and it's African culture and Asian culture. If they're if you're gonna do that, keep it that way. Don't just put random like, can you feel the love tonight or, uh, you know, different Lion King songs within the show randomly, because it just didn't work. And then that was just trying to get the the crowd to like it, which was it just felt forced. But yeah, we did definitely do sound like Anthony, like old man yelling at a cloud. Why did they put intellectual property in our shows? And I'm sure he'll love this when he hears this. Uh, but then the other one was Prime View of the World, which I've, I've, t- I've heard people other than us talk about this, and I think it is legit the perfect description. It felt like like a stock ride. It felt like a ride that they got from, like, Great America. Yeah, Great America. Or, like, like, we have this fest by us, like Lincolnwood Fest, that they just, yeah. like, threw into a Disney park. Which I understand, like, it was themed for that Dino Land thing where they have the carnival games. Which I like the carnival games, I think it's a nice touch, but it just doesn't feel like Disney. It doesn't feel like Disney storytelling. Once again, it just felt like a stock ride that they just threw in and saved money. And that was at some great America in, you know, the Midwest, and they just pulled it from there. It was almost like they just picked it out of a magazine. There was no nothing different about the track, the ride, really the cars, anything, than any other mouse, I think it's called a mouse coaster, yeah. anywhere else. There was a mouse coaster in Six Flags Great America, where, where we're from, and it was almost turn for turn. It's exactly, exactly the exactly same. Exactly the same. It was just... Uh... Like a Mardi Gras theme. It was a, it was just had Mardi Gras theme on it. Yeah. The track was the same. The cars were the it same. It literally was the same. It was the same same ride. And I understand it's a cool idea. And it gives the you one, whiplash. Yeah. And the one place that's that it is cool that they that Disney should have done this and they should bring it here is in Euro Disney or Disneyland Paris, whatever you want to call it. They have something called Crash Coaster, which is I believe a uh Mouse Coaster style ride. The Finding Nemo one? The Finding Nemo one. That one was unreal. Which was awesome. And I really wish that Disney World would bring it here and like put it like in Epcot somewhere near... Uh, the sea. Un, yeah, near the seas area. I mean, just turn that whole area into like a Nemo place. Yeah. Or put it in like a Pixar land in, in Hollywood Studios. Which they... They have definitely room there. I I agree. I, I remember that ride when we went to when we went to Paris, and I don't know if it was because I was, you know, 14 years old, but I just remember it being like, 
not only amazingly themed and like I was very impressed by it but it was like thrilling too and I don't know if it was just because I was 14 but I mean when I was 14 like like, I was going on all thrill rides and any any kind of thrill ride so I think I think it was just something that they have at Disneyland Paris that they could definitely pull from there and just maybe not obviously not put it in Dino Land but put it somewhere in the parks if they want to keep a ride like that right. in any of the parks. Pull. Which I don't know if you want to because it gives people whiplash, but I mean, <laughs> I don't think, it just, it even felt smoother, the one in Disneyland Paris, the, the yes. Nemo ride, the Crush Coaster. It felt smoother, it felt It was all well indoors. Done. Yeah, it was I mean, way it was, better. Yeah. Way well, it was very well done. And I, that kind of makes me mad now that you brought that up because I wish that was here. <laughs> Because that's just another ride that would be amazing, and it's not—it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, they do it all the time. They'll build it. They're building a Tron coaster, and the, Rata- is, and the Ratatouille one, and the Ratatouille. Yeah, I mean, they—they they share they share rides between parks all the time. So I mean, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. With everything going on right now, I don't think they mu- they have the money or the time or anything no. like that to do that right now yeah but down the f- in the future down the road if they ever built something like that i am sure that will be an extremely popular ride yeah without a doubt and it would fit in well in epcot but i know they're not going to do it but i wish they did but that's pretty much everything with disney news we wanted to get into so we recorded this podcast late because of me, so I'll take I'll take responsibility for it. Uh, Wednesday night we got in pretty late. There was trouble with the uh, rental car and everything. We got to bed really late. Then we went to the park all day on Thursday. Had a late dinner. That's when we were going to record. Was exhausted Thursday and Friday, so we were able to get this done Saturday night, which which is kind of nice because we we have a whole other week at Disney. Like, we don't leave until next Saturday, so we're, we're going to be here, we're going to be experiencing more, so we'd be able to update you guys in the next podcast, but we were going to do a segment that things we were excited for going to Disney, like, specific things. So what we're going to do, instead of that, because we've experienced some of the things we were excited for, is just explain what we were excited for and if these things have lived up to our expectations and stuff that we've built up in our minds because we haven't been here in, you know, 10, 10 months, basically, um, which is one of the, long, which is very long of, for us. It's kind of crazy to say, but it is very long. We usually go at least every five to six months. Um, so I don't know if you want to start. Do you want me to start? I think you should start because I'm pretty sure the thing that I'm coming out of the gate with is probably going to be something you're going to say. So you can start. So two things that I want to go and then we could go back and forth. But two things that I was really, really excited for. So, number one, obviously, food. I was excited for the food. I was excited for the different restaurants we were going to eat at. I was excited for the different dishes we were going to try. Um, at this point of recording, um, we've been to Hollywood Brown Derby. We've been to Sci-Fi. We've been to the Boathouse at Disney Springs. Paradiso 37. Paradiso 37. And is that it? 
Liberty Tree Tavern. Uh, a Liberty Tree Tavern. So, obviously, the food at Disney I think is great. I think obviously you need to pick and choose which ones that you want to go to, which ones you're going to enjoy. The best meal, best anything that I had all trip, which is shocking because I didn't even think I didn't even really want to go to this restaurant, but because it wasn't even on my list. But Paradiso Thirty Seven, I had one of the best steaks that I've ever had at Disney, hands down. It was they had a very limited menu too, and it was one of the only things that I saw on the menu that I really wanted, and it was this skirt steak with chimichurri cherry sauce with onions. And it cilantro was rice. cilantro with cilantro rice on the side. It was incredible. It and was. I had it also. <laughs> so delicious. I, I can't even. So one of our favorite meals growing up at Disney was at Bongos. And that was at Disney Springs. It was at Downtown Disney. Then Disney Springs when it changed, and they just got rid of it. Um, they're opening something else in place of it. Um, and we always used to get this like pounded steak at Bongo's that was incredible. That it's just a regular pounded Cuban steak, but they did it really well there. Um, very flavorful. Yeah, very, very thin, flavorful. They had the, the onions, they had the rice, uh, the Cuban rice with it. Honestly, this steak was just as good as that steak. So I'm very, very happy with it. I hope they keep it on the menu. I hope they don't change it because honestly. Paradise 37 is a place that I will go every trip now just to get that steak because it lived up and passed any expectation that I ever had for that restaurant because I've only been there a couple times. I've got like a burger, maybe like tacos there, and they were like always decent, but it was never like anything to like write home about. But this steak was legit one of the best steaks I've ever had maybe in my life, which is crazy. I mean, it was... And it wasn't like completely overpriced either. I mean, it was it's expensive. It was like maybe like twenty nine, thirty one bucks or something like that. But like a good steak, like you're expecting to pay that much. So and it really wasn't that small. I no, mean, for was, a skirt it steak, it was it was folded over. It was pretty. You you got a pretty good was, amount of food for. It was pretty big. Yeah, yeah. I was completely full afterwards. Um, so that was the first thing that obviously I was excited for that lived up to expectations. The food, and then the next thing was. Rise of the Resistance, which... That's the one that I was going to say yeah, out of the gate, so never, I wanted to let him never, Obviously never been on it because of the, the coronavirus. and uh, Surprisingly, we actually were able to... We actually didn't get a boarding pass, but that's kind of a longer story, and I don't want to tell it. But we were able... We had some technical difficulties, and a nice cast member was able to get us on the ride, which... You know, I don't recommend everyone do that, and I wouldn't say, like, try to do that, but if you have, like, a legit concern of that you have technical difficulties while trying to get into these boarding groups, because it's very difficult still to get into these boarding groups. And they go by super quick. Within a minute. And we had some, some issues with, like, people showing up on the app and not showing up on the app, and we had a bunch of people that weren't on there that didn't have tickets. So I went up to a cast member by Rise of the Resistance, explained what happened, and he got us on the ride, which was awesome. But that's one thing that I was excited about going into this trip, and it still blew away my expectations because I, I've watched the ride on videos. I've watched everyone go on it, and everyone said it's amazing, it's amazing. And I, I was like, it could be amazing, but it's not like going to live up to the hype because I've hyped it up so much in my mind. But it definitely lived up to the hype. It's 
probably the best ride I've ever been on. I'm trying to think of other rides I don't think can compare to it. It's it's so unique because it's it 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 has like no track obviously and that's like the cool part, but I think it takes elements from every different ride that you would like and it molds it all together and it creates this like incredible immersion. So I think the immersion is incredible. They take that. The storytelling is really good. Um, the the trackless part of it, where you're going through this storyline, <clears throat> and you're 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 trying to get away from Kylo Ren and this ship, which is which is crazy. And then there's like elements where they're like picking you up, and you're going up, and then you're dropping like Tower of Terror. They're just combining all this stuff and it, it makes it a unique unique immersion experience I'm not a huge Star Wars fan but <coughs> I gotta give Disney, Star Wars whoever made this ride Rise of the Resistance credit because it is an amazing ride I, I'm all about theming I'm all about full immersion into anything you do and they hit this out of the park from the moment you like get into the actual ride part it is like you're on a totally different world you show up in part of the ride and it just the air where you're at feels different that was crazy that was the crazy part it, it, it you, you just feel like you're breathing a different way it I, I'm sure there's nothing actually that they're doing. It might just be the scenery or the ambiance, but it is you are fully in it and you cannot help but to just give away and just fully believe in what's going on around you. It was almost you like have no choice. Yeah, it was almost like breathtaking. Like like when you walk and if you guys watch the the ride videos and stuff like that you'll know exactly the part I'm talking about where obviously you get into the little ship and then you get kidnapped by the First Order and then they open and you go out to the First Order uh, Star Cruiser or whatever and you walk into that room and it literally like almost takes your breath away because the air is different, you see all the stormtroopers and then you see this huge like, obviously it's a screen but it looks like you're in outer space it's, it's insane and, it, and the like he said, the air feels different. The air feels like you're like in this giant ship with all these people, um, which is kind of funny because they they're at, these cast members are wearing like the face masks and they're wearing the face shield, and the face shield goes perfect with the first order, and they have like these like little robot voices and it kind of adds to everything, which is kind of funny. So coronavirus adds to the the, the theming <laughs> of of the ride, but. It was that very moment. It kind of like takes away your breath. You're just like, oh my gosh, like this is a different world we're in. And they, with the stormtroopers that are lined up that you into the room that you walk in, they pay so much attention that some of the stormtroopers move their heads. Some of them rock back and forth. Some of them move their hands up and down with their guns, trying to like reposition themselves. Just small things like that that some people might not notice just 
makes me want to believe more because they're doing just these small things just to like that people might not notice but anyone who is like really paying attention who really wants to believe is looking around and see all these stormtroopers that are animatronics but that are just slightly moving just a little bit different yeah. which gives them like a little bit of like personality and you want to believe that they're real yeah it's 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 pretty incredible um okay anything that you were thinking of before this trip that you're excited for that either you've experienced already that is either lived up to the expectations or not or that you have yet to experience so we today we rode mickey mouse runaway runaway railway yeah i'm split on this okay i was really excited to ride it i was really interested in how they were going to do it and everything like that my son loves the the cartoons that it's based off of and everything like that but it was a little jerky a little bit more jerky than i was expecting it to be yeah I it, agree. it it's a little rough they cut the corners pretty pretty hard no but i agree with that for sure everything around it was very well themed it was very immersive but they could have you know made it a little bit softer so i think that ride would have been better with they're not doing the pre-show right now because of the social distancing i think when they first started they were doing it because you saw the the numbers on the ground um they do this pre-show and then the screen explodes and you walk through the screen and since we're in COVID times and there's social distancing um they just had that screen already, already, blown. already blown up and they have a person at inter intercom explaining the story which is no one was listening everyone was talking over it so I think you, it loses part of the story when you don't do that pre-show but all the technology and all like the the theming and, and what they have uh, I, and they're modeling after these Mickey Mouse cartoons the newer age ones which you know my son loves like I, I know a lot of people that love them, and I think they do an awesome job. I think it's entertaining, but to Andrew's point, like, you know, I'm a bigger guy, and I have smaller kids, so, like, the, the lap bar goes only down so far. They're not going to go down, you know, I'm bigger than two-year-olds. So they're holding these lap bars, and it's, like, jerking it around. And, you know, I had to, like, save my kid's head from getting smashed on the, the bar a couple times because it was so jerky. But um, So I definitely understand what you're saying with that. And I think it would be a better ride. I don't want to say this in the, in the wrong way. I don't think it's a ride for very little kids. No. I think it, it seems be like, like it seven. seems like it should be. Yeah. But after riding it, I wouldn't suggest smaller kids going on it. Yeah, I would say that not because it's scary, but just because of like. What we were talking about. I think, like, six or seven, I think, is, like, probably a, the sweet spot for the ride. Just because you can control, like... You control your body. You control your body a little more. But, like, the thing is, like, little kids are going to love seeing Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse and Goofy's train. And there's a part where you're dancing with Daisy, which my daughter loved. So, like, 
the ride is definitely themed for the whole family, but obviously that the jerkiness and stuff like that, it's just something that you have to be prepared for going on if you do have smaller children. Which we definitely were not. No. No, we did not know it was going to be like that at all. So, I don't know. Anything else? Um, well, the first night we were here, we went to Morimoto's, and I talk about Morimoto's all the time, and I had the ribs, and... I fell in love with them all over again, and they were exactly what I hoped and dreamt they were, and they were absolutely delicious. I ate 12 of them, and Jeez. I am not afraid to admit this. <laughs> so more motos at Disney Springs, right? Definitely. So, yeah, that's Andrew's probably personal favorite. Our personal, My personal favorite is we're going there tomorrow, hopefully if it doesn't get flooded by the rain, but we're going to Homecoming tomorrow which is my probably my favorite restaurant in disney property fried chicken sandwich the sides i just can't wait even their ice i don't i don't drink a lot at disney um it's just i don't the reason why i don't drink a lot of disney is because i don't like drinking with food and that's the only time we're usually drinking at disney so but i love the iced tea at homecoming and everything like that so just the whole experience like I'm excited for tomorrow, but obviously Morimoto's uh, Andrew's favorite. He's, he's talked about it a couple times on the podcast. <laughs> Just brings it up. Just randomly. Randomly. Here comes the sprinklers again. Different section now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, everything has been pretty pretty good so far. I mean, obviously we're excited about other things that we haven't experienced yet. Like, I haven't been to Epcot yet for the food and wine, which that's part of the reasons I'm really excited for. I've heard excellent things from Andrew, my dad, from other people about the pavilion they have set up with the mac and cheese that oh, I've heard is incredible. Very good. Very, very good. I've heard they have the whole the Hawaiian pork sliders out. That It's my personal favorite from the food and wine, so I'm very excited about that. Um, so we're going to be experiencing that. And then... One other thing that I was excited for is the Topolino's breakfast, which we're going later in the trip, which is a modified character experience that they have. But um, I just have heard the food at Topolino's breakfast is incredible, and I, I, that's what I'm really excited about too. So that's a couple things that I haven't experienced yet that I'm still looking forward to. After Topolino, we also might be riding the Skyliner, Skyliner which I've been on. I and so with so as our older brother, we both went on it together, and my mother is terrified of heights, so she was never going to step foot on it. So me and my older brother, Anthony, went on, and it is a very interesting and very cool way to get to the other parks. Which I'm, that's another thing that I'm excited for. I mean, that's, I haven't been on the Skyliner yet, because... The legitimately, I was here in October with you guys, but I was yeah. here for three days. And the Skyliner before the pandemic hit, the Skyliner was closed for a total of, I believe, eight days total. Yeah, since it's been open, and those eight days, I was here like for four for, of them. for four of them. So I was able to ride it. So I'm very excited to try that out and see that form of transportation. First of all, I think they look incredible. 
I think it adds to the, the whole Disney experience. And this is a shout-out to Anthony, once again, our brother. He thinks it's an eyesore. I think he is sorely mistaken. I think that's the worst take he's ever had. Come at me, bro. Um, I think they look so cool when you're driving down the road. Like, I was driving. We were driving to Hollywood Studios, and you just see the Skyliners going over over you. And it, I think it just adds to the Disney experience. So I, I'm really excited to get on those. It's also a fun way to get between Epcot and <coughs> Hollywood Studios. It's a different way. Right. I mean, you can go on the boat. You can go on a bus. You you know, you can float in the air and go on a on a gigantic wire between the two places. Which kind of sounds scary when you describe it like that, but I think <laughs> I think it looks cool. Uh, and, and each I, of the, each of the cars has like a little bit of like theming on them. They got right. characters and all this other stuff. So it's a little bit like a little extra thing for like kids. You know, they see the car coming, all of a sudden it's got you know. Bell and the Beast on it, and they yeah. get all excited because they're on the Bell and Beast car. And yeah, the other restaurant that I'm actually excited for, just I'm trying to think of other things that I'm excited for that we have planned in this trip, is Beaches and Cream at the what's the what's the place called right by Epcot, um, the not Boardwalk. What's the Yacht and Beach Club? Yacht and Beach Club. It's at the Yacht and Beach Club. And I've just heard really good things about that. It's kind of like a diner-style food. Kind of similar food to sci-fi, I would say. They got, like, oh, really? really good okay. milkshakes, really good burgers. Um, but I think they have a, a bit of a larger menu than sci-fi. Um, so I'm really excited about that, too. I just heard, I've heard really good things from different people that I've watched. And I think I might have been there, like, when we were way younger. But I think we were, I think we only had ice cream there. Because they have like the, the kitchen sink there. They have it's like a, a it's like a soda jerk kind of a place. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm and they redid the whole thing. They redid the inside. So I'm excited to eat there with everyone. So that's pretty much all I'm excited for. Do you have anything else? No, I mean we've we've pretty much covered everything. We covered a lot. Yeah. I mean. Um. All right. The last thing we want to do, obviously, we do this every week, is a draft. Um, we do drafts for different things. This week we thought it would be fitting to do uh, snacks at Disney, which, you know, we usually are have things written down, but we're kind of just sitting here talking on a balcony at Saratoga Springs uh, into a microphone in person, which is different, so we're kind of just going to go off the cusp. But some of these snacks are not available right now, which kind of stinks, because yeah. uh, a lot of the stuff isn't open, but... Um, you know, we're just going to draft top four snacks in, in the parks and what we enjoy. And, um, even if it's cliche things, we'll, we'll still go from there. But I believe I get the first pick cause I think you got first pick last time and you always snake everything that I want, even though you're like, I'm not going to pick anything you want, but then you pick everything that I want. <laughs> so I'm going to go first pick. And I think this is going to be a hotly contested thing is the spring rolls at Magic Kingdom, the cheeseburger and pepperoni spring rolls, which I don't think they have open right now, which is very disappointing because that's my favorite snack probably ever in Disney. But that's my first pick, strong first pick. Who I'm, are you, and why do you take my things? Exactly. So I knew you were going to like that, so that's why I needed to take it before you got a pick because I thought you were going to snake it. 
but the cheeseburger egg rolls, the pepperoni egg rolls, they're the best. Really good. They're expensive, but they're worth every penny. I can crush three or four of those. So with Alex taking that, I'm going to take another high draft pick, and I'm taking... Don't do it. Dole Whip. Oh, okay. Well, okay, so that's definitely on my mind and list, but that wasn't going to be my next pick. All right. Well, I love Dole Whip. It's the best. It is... It's the iconic. Stereotypical, iconic treat you get when you're at Magic Kingdom, and it is a classic... It's refreshing. It's delicious. It's amazing. You and can't you, say. Have you tried any, the strawberry one? Have you tried the lime one? I think I have. I think it's called like a Peter Pan, and it's yeah. at. Uh, oh, that one's. The it's strawberry a, one's amazing too. I think all of them are. I mean, I think the pineapple one is the goat. Obviously, I think it's the best one, but the variations like are still amazing. I think there's also an orange one. Oh, so good. But the. Uh, the lime one is probably my second favorite, and they call it a uh, Peter Pan, and it's 7-Up and lime oh. Dole Whip on top, and it is delicious just eating, but when you mix it all up and the 7-Up and the the creaminess of the lime. So we, we got to get Dole Whip. They have Dole Whips open. Yes. The Dole Whips yes. are open. I tried getting the, the Peter Pan the other day when we were there, and they don't sell it right now, okay. and I was very upset. So... We're definitely going to get some Dole Whips at the end of the trip because we're going to Magic Kingdom again. So, that's a great pick. I think I'm going to go the next pick. I don't think you're going to have this on your board. I'm obsessed with them. I'm a little probably overly obsessed with them. Um, I had the breakfast one the first time ever uh, this trip. Um, but I'm going to go with the Ronto Wraps. Those are incredible. My kids actually love them. The breakfast one's so simple, but it tastes so good. Um, and I I was even talking to my wife about this. I'm like, which one do you like better? And she's like, honestly, I like both of them for different reasons. And uh, that's exactly what I was thinking, because I think the lunch one has this, like, spicy slaw on it that's really good. And then the breakfast one is just so simple. It's just got egg, cheese, sausage with the, the pita bread and the special sauce that they have. Incredible. So that's definitely my second pick. So, my second pick, I, I'm, I'm going to be very stereotypical, very uh, classic, and I'm going <coughs> with the Mickey Premium Bar. Okay. Which is the ice cream on the stick that's in the shape of uh, a Mickey Mouse, and it's covered in chocolate. Very simple, vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Chocolate outer shell. But there's just something about it being shaped like Mickey that brings me back to my childhood, and it's just... So good. And they sell that at stores, and they're not as good. Definitely not as good. And they're smaller. Yeah, the ones here are definitely better. And I'm not even a big chocolate guy, but for some reason, like, I still like those ice cream bars. Like, even though it's, like, chocolate over vanilla ice cream, I still like them, even though, like, I'm not a big chocolate guy. So, and the sprinklers are going again, just by the way. All right, so you're up. Next pick. So I'm, I'm kind of caught in between a couple things. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to keep it simple. Um, God, I got I got like four things on my mind that I'm trying to pick. 
Okay, I'll go this one. Even though they don't have it like they do in Disneyland, and where I would get this thing is not open right now at Magic Kingdom, but just a corn dog. Um, the corn dog they they more have like corn dog bites at Casey's. Yeah, you can get a full corn dog. I think at one of like the little stands that they usually have out, but you know I usually go to Casey's and just get like the corn dog bites. I love a corn dog. I love a good corn dog. I think it's very American of me to like corn dogs. You know, you go to a fair, you get a corn dog. Um, but the corn dogs at Disney are just kind of different, especially at Disneyland. They have like probably the best. But there's nothing like going to Disney World and just having a corn dog from Casey's and uh, enjoying your day at Magic Kingdom. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've realized we're picking a lot of food from Magic Kingdom. Yeah. We really are, because I'm going to pick another thing from Magic Kingdom, and it's going to be the turkey like. So you're you're just like you're like, hey, I'm a I'm a basic Disney fan. I'm just going to pick all basic things. <laughs> There's just something about a smoked turkey leg that I love, and it also might be that I want to take a funny picture with my sons holding this turkey leg, my son being a three month old and just seeing him <laughs> hold this gigantic turkey leg. Just in, in my head is the funniest picture I think I could ever think of. And then my four-year-old son, who's bigger, but this turkey leg is still just going to be gigantic in his hand. It, I just I want to have that memory because I just think it's going to be hilarious. And also, they're very good. Yeah, that's a good pick. I do like the turkey legs. A lot of people don't like them, and I think they're crazy. Like, they like you like the turkey at Thanksgiving better than that turkey leg? You're crazy. Because that turkey leg at Disney was, like, salty and, like, way different than, like, a Thanksgiving. And it's, like, juicy. It's way better than Thanksgiving turkey. So whoever thinks that the turkey legs at Disney are bad, you go you go take a hike. Because I think you're wrong. Um, so this is my last pick, right? Fourth pick. Yeah. This is very difficult. Because I'm thinking of a couple different things in my mind. So for this last pick, what is... What is the definition of a snack? What, to what extent, is a snack a snack? Because th- for the last pick, I think we we should kind of bend the rules a little bit and see where we go. <laughs> what What are you thinking? Because you have something in mind that you want to bend the rules. No, I don't have anything in mind. I'm just. I mean, I want to make it. Actually, I, th- I want to make it harder on you because now, you, now I want to see you <laughs> have a little bit more options to think uh, of. I think a snack could be pretty much. Anything that's not a full meal at okay. Disney. All right. Because um, I think I'm thinking of something, and it's not a full meal. It might be an appetizer. Is it an appetizer at a restaurant? Yeah. Is it a sit-down restaurant? Yeah. I don't think you do that. Okay. I think fine. That, I think that's an appetizer. That's not a snack. I All think, right. I fine. Think, I think if I think if you do like an appetizer at like a quick service place, I think that's that's doable. Okay. All right. Um. And I don't think you should be able to do any food and wine stuff either, even though I think that is kind of snacky. But I think we could do a whole other draft on... Man, you're just shooting down all of my I ideas. think we could do a whole other draft on food and wine foods. Um, so I think we should save that. <laughs> um, yeah, a couple things in my mind. A couple of them are simple. A couple of them are kind of specific. I don't have a dessert kind of thing, really. Okay, so I was thinking about I was going to do just popcorn, 
because I think the popcorn at Disney is just better than other popcorn, other than maybe like the popcorn we get in Chicago, like the Chicago makes. But my son Finnegan definitely would agree with. Yeah, you. the popcorn is just better in Disney. I don't know why it's saltier. It just tastes better. There's like no like bad pieces like even to the bottom of the box or you don't have any unpopped kernels. Or yeah, like that. Yeah, and then they have like spe- special popcorn, different things like that. Special popcorn containers and everything. And I know your son has a bunch of different popcorn containers, like like a figurine section basically in your house that's decorating your house where he has different <laughs> popcorn containers that, that he collects. But um, what I'm going to go for for my last snack is going to be, I don't know if you remember it, but the the Oreo sandwich, the Oreo ice cream sandwich that they used to have, um, it was basically like a mega Oreo that had cookies and cream ice cream in the middle that was incredible. I don't even know if they sell those anymore, but... Obviously, I have a lot of carbs, a lot of greasy food on my, on my list, so I, I had to put a dessert in there. So that's what I'm going to go with the the, the Oreo cookie sandwich. Yeah, they, they I think they had like a like a Mickey Mouse uh, design on them, where like say Oreo, but uh, those are those are really good and really big though too. They're yeah. massive, massive. So so with my pick, this is uh, this is one that. I feel it kind of sneaks underneath the radar, and that's the stuffed pretzels with cream cheese, and there's the jalapeno one. They're so good. They are really, really good, and I actually happened upon them kind of sort of by accident at the launch pad, which is the quick service place right underneath Astro Orbiter in Magic Kingdom, and uh, it was a really rainy, hot, muggy, crappy day, and uh, me and my wife happened to just go to the go to the launch pad for some drinks and pops and we saw these uh, pretzels that they were selling so we bought a couple different flavors and we brought them back to the family who were sitting next to uh, like underneath the tracks for the people mover next to merchants of venus and everyone loved them i mean i couldn't say you know anything bad about them they were delicious they're filling it was something that i think we needed at the moment and that was and that place is closed yesterday when we were at the park but uh shout out to my pixie fan but samantha who was here all week she posted a picture of the cream cheese pretzel so i know they're somewhere selling right now which we got to figure out where and hopefully they have all the flavors not just the cream cheese one that they have the jalapeno one because that one's my favorite so i got to reach out to her and see where she got them but she posted a picture of it so that's a great pick. I think you really took the draft to me this time because you picked all the basic, the basic B. I'm not going to say the word basic B uh, Disney snacks uh, that are on everyone's list. But I think the stuffed pretzel really put me to bed with this draft because that is actually incredible. And if anyone wants to try something kind of different at Disney that you don't really see anywhere else, the stuffed pretzels are incredible. Most definitely, and the only other place I've seen it is at a, a snack stand between, like pretty much between where the new uh, Galaxy of the uh, Guardians, of the, Guardians Galaxy. of the Galaxy roller coaster is, which is formerly Universe Energy, and uh, it was just a little cart that was between there and uh, and Test Track, right. and uh, we found them like randomly when we were here in October during. 
food and food and wine festival after one of the demonstrations. We just wanted something different, you know, kind of soak up some of the oh, wine tasting, <laughs> some of the booze that you guys just yes. consumed. But, but it was it was really good, and that, like Alex said, uh, very highly regarded. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's pretty much it. Like that, obviously, that's our draft. We will do different drafts in the future. I think that it's a pretty simple draft that you know really can help other people find what snacks they like in Disney. You know, some unique, some kind of basic that everyone talks about. But I think it's really important that we do this live. I think it's pretty cool. You know, you might hear some some sprinklers in the background you might hear wind you might hear people walking by but i think that's the whole point of this podcast you know we're adults going to disney uh we had to find a quiet place because our kids are asleep already but uh i mean that's the whole part of this that's the whole point of this podcast is kind of be an outlet for us uh to you know put our spin on things not take ourselves too seriously and, and help other people uh navigate through disney with with young children or as adults or or try to figure out what you like uh, or what you want to try so uh i think it's important for us to record and here comes the sprinklers again um we do want to do one more podcast and just in it we we're thinking about doing a family podcast uh inviting our wives on maybe you know our kids or parents brother our brother anthony that you've heard so much about that we like to like to shout out every episode uh, hopefully we can get him on here, but um, we would definitely want to get our family on here to to see uh, a little different side of us. And then also we're, we have this thing planned that we don't know if it will work or not, and if it does work, it's going to be crazy and unique and something that you probably never heard for before, and it's probably going to go viral. If anyone's listening, obviously share our podcast because we want to go viral and we want to get all these followers and we want to be the best podcast in the world obviously but if this if this segment works it's going to be pretty crazy uh, I, I really hope it works because this is some cutting edge <laughs> very interesting one of a kind kind of uh, podcast and we got we're going to have going so with fingers crossed this works <laughs> out correctly there's going to be a lot of movie parts so we don't know if it's going to work so that's why we're not going to tell you exactly what it is but if it does work, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. But other than that, we're going to wrap it up, obviously. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. We're, we appreciate you guys always for listening, following on Facebook, providing us feedback, sharing our episodes on iTunes or Anchor, wherever you listen to it. And hopefully we, we can, uh, we can uh, hear you guys next time and hopefully bring you back to... <laughs> what we're uh what we're, what we're planning so other than that we're gonna sign off here maybe watch some tv pass out and and we're back at animal kingdom tomorrow so appreciate right. you guys for listening everyone have a magical day and see you real soon <laughs>